I just wanted to, um, you know, mouth the entertainer for y'all because I'm an entertainer. (laughs) Oh, man, it's Tuesday. Let me see. This is pod one of the week. Then we're going to have pod two coming out tomorrow. Then we're going to have pod three coming out on Thursday. And then I have a nice Saturday special with y'all for Loop It Coin. Um, Busy week, y'all. Busy week. Uh, the next couple of weeks going to be doing some traveling for work. So because of that, I'm going to try to flood you as much as I can. Uh, in the meantime, in between time, we'll still have the picks for you. We're still going to we're still going to have Parlay Pete and Major Parlay on because we want to help you all make your money. But for today, man, I, I just wanted to come on here and talk about some stuff. I'm uh, going to talk a little bit of Young Dolph because I haven't got around to that. Going to talk about some of the difficulties of being black. Um, some Ahmad Arbery, some Kyle Rittenhouse, some senseless censorship. Man, imagine saying that with a lisp. Uh, and then some stuff on PETA, man. Make sure you rate, review, subscribe, please. Rate, review, subscribe, man. Whether it's on Apple, uh, uh, iTunes, freaking uh, Spotify, uh, Google, Amazon, wherever you listen to this podcast, man, you know, share on Facebook, YouTube, all of that good stuff, man. We're, we're everywhere. So make sure you do that because, you know, the more you support us, you know, the, the better this thing, the better this thing goes. So let's start off with this. Rest in peace, Young Dolph. And I'm not going to go too deep into the, the specifics of Young Dolph and his death. But what I'll say to you is, he was one of my favorite rappers. So getting the news, I got a phone call like, hey, bro, you hear about Dolph? Oh, what about Dolph? He just dropped something? No, he's dead. I'm like, oh, shoot. That's not what I was expecting. Then I go, well, what happened? Find out what happens. And I go, okay, as a Dolph fan, someone who follows him, this does make a bit more sense to me. But again, I'm not going to get into the street side of it, man, because I don't live in the street, and um, I don't want it to ever come off as if I'm disrespecting somebody, and then I got to deal with street business because I believe in calling the law. I'm a civilian. So with that, though, I I think it's sad, man. I think it's unfortunate. And I think that one of the worst parts about it is it's somebody who's made it, somebody who's doing well for themselves, and that individual got caught up at home, man. Uh, that individual may have had some issues with some other individuals and, you know, you know, that happens. So rest in peace to him. But here's what I really want to get at. in this rest in peace part is give people their flowers while they live. There's just so much love and attention that we give the dead but we won't give those who are living right next to us. And if you truly have those feelings, right, express them while you can. If that person is important to you, if that person is impactful for you, do it while they're alive. Don't have so much pride that you can't show love for somebody. You can't show your admiration for somebody while they're alive. It's okay. You can you can let them know how you feel about them before they pass away because the thing about the eulogy you know the eulogy and the remarks they're not for the person who's laying in the casket 
They're for the people who are sitting in the congregation because those are words. Those are happy feelings. Those are memories for those of us who are still living here to give us comfort. The flowers, you know, it lets us know. It lets the, it lets the family know how someone felt about our loved one or it lets us know how someone felt about our loved one. But that human being doesn't really get to feel the love. And why should we wait till somebody's gone to tell them you love them? Why should somebody get their flowers while they're dead? Why should someone get their respect, their admiration when they're gone? So I saw this interesting post and I actually put it on my uh, Instagram story yesterday. And, and, And here it goes. If you die today, mad people will post you. But I promise you, these same people won't post you while you're living. They won't share your business ventures. They won't share your songs. They won't share whatever the case may be. And don't get me wrong. I don't post everything that uh, people do, but I try to post the things that I support. If you die today, mad people will comment under your latest post. If you die today, mad people will say how much they rock with you. While you're alive, you will have 10% of those people do the stuff listed above. Crazy world we live in. Then I see another one. When you die, MFers throw a party for you every year. Unlimited food and drinks. But when you hear, can't get a cake out of MFer. Now, do they do it every year? No. But do people go to the ends of the earth at times to prove their love for somebody? Maybe it's a coping mechanism. Maybe it's a way of dealing with grief. Maybe it's a way of dealing with regret because... All this time, you didn't show love for these people who you loved. And now that they're gone, you have to show the world. You have to show everybody else how much you truly loved them. But you couldn't do it while they were there to receive it. And we see it with artists. We see the post. We see the the, the streams. I, I hope you were streaming the music while they were alive. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not telling you not to to show your love and admiration for people once they pass away. No, but just make sure that you show your love for them while they're alive so that they can feel the love, you know, and, you know, rest in peace to young Dolph Uh, prayers to his family, prayers to his loved ones. I saw that they had a uh, private a private memorial service today for him to send him off properly. I'm happy that was private. I'm happy it wasn't some crazy media event. I'm happy that, you know, the people who who care, the people who were there, his true loved ones were able to, were able to put him to rest properly. And for those who murdered him, man, I hope he get justice because, you know, it's crazy that you can't go home and pick up some cookies without getting shot. And it's just crazy that that's one of the successful, the the things that successful people in our culture have to deal with once they leave the neighborhood. Let me tell y'all, man. Being black is hard. And, and being black is not nearly as easy as some people try to make it out to be. Hold up, you baby! Hold up, you baby! Yes, it's not as easy as some of us try to make it appear. 
you know, I hear all the time, well, I love being black, man. I wouldn't be anything else. Are you sure? You know, just thought about not being black. You ever thought some of the advantage, the cultural, social advantages that you may have, you know? Uh, 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 knowing more of your history, maybe you start on second base instead of, you know, behind in the count. Have you ever thought about it? I, I, I'm not saying that I want to be white. I'm not saying that I want to be Mexican. I'm not saying that I want to be Chinese or Japanese or, 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 or Korean or, or I don't know, Dutch. I'm not even saying I want to be African or Arabian. I'm not saying any of that. But have you just ever thought about the situation that you're in as a black American? I'm talking to black American people right now, right? Black folks. Colors. In words. Talking to us. Have you just ever been like, oh, man, life could be easier. You know, have you ever been like, ah, you know, this job I'm working right now, I'm working 12-hour days, and I'm not getting the wage I want, but I see this job over here. Woo. Less hours, more pay, easier on my back. That seems like a good idea. But if you love that job, working those 16 hours or 12 hours, whatever I said, making less money, you stay there for whatever reasons. Now, I'm not saying I'm about to go do a color change. I'm not about to do, um, you know, the Sammy Sosa. I might do the Charlamagne God, you know. <laughs> but we're not going to do the Sammy Sosa here. And, and I just ask this question because, you know, say it loud. I'm black and I'm proud. Yes. But, man, there's so much that comes with that pride. and And it's difficult. So here's where I, I pull this topic from. I, I go to the Dave Chappelle documentary for my birthday. Shout out to Sharon for the tickets. Sharon's my mom. And it was a good time. But as I'm sitting there and I'm watching this documentary and you're listening to Dave Chappelle talk about um, some of the stuff that was going on in Yellowstone, Ohio, or whatever the hell it's called, Yellow whatever, Ohio. Uh, uh when you're listening to what's going on in the world during the pandemic, and then you have the different comedians given their, you know, who are in the documentary, given their takes, man. And the one that really hit me the hardest, it's John Stewart. He's talking about how, how crazy is it that when black people come to white people asking for just equality, Asking to just be treated the same as everyone else. The response is, oh, man, I don't know about that one. Now we got to do tough negotiating like it's business as if the white people are going to lose something if they just treat people the same. And that really stuck with me because he was like, uh, he was just talking about how afraid white people are of black people. He was like, well, what if black people decided they wanted to get back at white people? What would that world look like? Thank God black people are not headhunting white people. And, you know, I, it stuck with me. So then I'm just sitting there and I'm thinking, I'm like, bro, man, oh shit. I knew it was hard being black, you know, but. 
sometimes I forget how hard it is because sometimes it's just that all we make it out to be is black people. Just think about this. Just think about the the tough things we've gone through in America. Just uh, 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 just just the basic stuff that's obvious. Slavery. Stripped from our land. Thrown on ships. Sell, sell across to their ocean. Be culture taken from you. Name taken from you. Pride taken from you. Family taken from you. Your gatherings, your belongings, anything that you own is taken from you. And now you got to go work for somebody who don't even speak your language. Jim Crow. Obviously. You can't use this because you look like that. You can't come here because you look like that. If you look at my wife, I will kill you. And get away. Obvious. The crack epidemic. Obvious. The war on drugs. Obvious. God forbid you have crack in your pocket instead of pure cocaine and you get a whole different sentencing, right? Isn't that crazy? Crack is derived from cocaine, but we can do, we can... We get lighter time for coke than we do crack. <sighs> Which all leads to mass incarceration. And now we're dealing with the vigilante justice and the police killings. Now you see all these, these are just the obvious things that have happened here that's like, bro. Name your generation, pick one. Would you sign up for it? Not even talking about redlining and implicit bias, you know. <laughs> Veterans being denied their GI Bill or excuse me, in their v, excuse me, their VA loan because they're black. <laughs> I'm not talking about that. Imagine having to recreate a culture that you don't even own. Sure, you can enjoy it in your house with your family. Sure, you can enjoy it with your friends. But there's a group of people who have monetized black culture. And a lot of the gatekeepers to the monetization of black culture are not black people. A lot of the people who are becoming billionaires off of black culture are not black people. Just think about it. Our original culture was stripped, burned, desecrated, and, you know, disparaged. Just think about it. Your African name is not a real name. No, we got to change that. The way you speak is not how you're supposed to speak. You have to speak this language. The things you believe in are absolutely and fundamentally false. You must believe this. Your way of living is wrong. You must try to live like us. So then you 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 drop your culture, you drop your beliefs because you're trying to survive. You're trying to to make your way in 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 a, in a brand new place in a brand new culture, and now you are becoming like 
a lesser version of this new culture that's been forced on you that still doesn't accept you. Imagine while imagine searching for your identity while trying to survive because see a lot of us have become whitewashed. A lot of us are we must pronounce our words properly to in, to ensure that people think that we are educated. We must not be loud in public. We must make sure that our hair is always neat. We must make sure that we are clean, cut and shaven. We must make sure that we do not shake the tree too much. Because you know what happens when they get upset. Oh, you must pull your pants up, son. Why? Who does it bother? You must not stay out too late at night. You must not wear your natural hair, young lady. No, you must get that perm. Come on now. All of these different things that we're now getting to a place where we're saying, bro, I ain't got to do that. It has nothing to do with my ability to succeed in this world. My appearance has nothing to do with that. My demeanor, I mean, it has something to do with that. But look here, if I'm speaking the language and you can understand it, who cares if I say ain't instead of am not? Who cares if I say y'all instead of you all? Who cares? Who cares if I want to listen to Gucci Man real loud in my speakers driving down the street? Pulling into the parking lot at work. Who cares? Why do I have to code switch? I spend most of my time at work. Why do I have to code switch? How come I just can't be authentically who I am? Why does it bother you? Am I being effective? Am I being efficient? Am I being productive? Who cares? Who cares if my hair is orange? Who cares if my hair is natural? Who, who cares if I don't look like you or act like you? Why do I have to do that? Think about this. Think about the industries that we thrive in. Sports, entertainment, guess what we own? We don't own sports teams. We don't own many prominent entertainment companies. We don't control the media who tells the stories about us. You know, now that we have athletes, especially athletes who are creating their own media platforms in order to get the message out that they want, it's because, hey, bro, I'm tired of this, this person, this reporter that I have to talk to who doesn't really know me, who doesn't and doesn't understand me, painting the picture of who I am to all these other people. Because they're not painting the right picture. He's, he's using the wrong brush. That's the wrong color. You should be using matte black, not jet black. He's matte black, not jet black. You understand what I'm saying here? But you don't know the difference because you don't know. You just have your experiences. You just are who you are. And I'm not going to lie to you. It's tough. It's difficult. It's frustrating. 
It's like, why can I just be myself like I want to? Then, then you have the chasing of white acceptance, right? Think about how many of us have chased white acceptance. Think about how many of us still chase white acceptance. And I'm not saying you're a bootlicking Uncle Tom for chasing chasing white acceptance. I truly believe so many of us are chasing success. And what we've been told is success is that. You accepted by the white folks. Oh, you done made it. You high on the hog. Yeah, you done made you a little money. Get out the neighborhood. Go. Live in the burbs with the rest of them. And don't come back. Because these people here are hating. And they'll try to take what you got. And that's our reality in so many cases. And why? Why? Think, think about this, right? You know, think about what happened to us with separate but equal. Because our separate was not equal, what was better, what was, was white. So then you wanted what they had. Jason White acceptance. You know, we had our, we, segregation is one of the best and worst things that happened to black people because here, uh, integration, sorry, integration is one of the best and worst things that happen to black people. Why? Is it great that we can try to work together as a society? Sure. But what does it matter if I change the laws, if I change the quote unquote business practices, but I don't change the hearts and minds of the people who are writing the laws? When I run into businesses. What does it actually do? Here's what it did. We lost our independence. We lost our businesses. We lost a lot of our schools. We lost our teachers. We lost our specialists. Our neighborhoods began to crumble. Why? Not because we didn't have the capable people, but now these people who were once owners are now workers. And now what they're doing is being dictated by someone who doesn't care about them. Oh, yeah, you used to have this one community locked down, right? You're the black community. The black folks go to the black market, right? Not, uh, not that black market, but you know what I mean, right? And, and that was great. But then once... We go, let's integrate, let's integrate. And you get bought out by the white market because they, or you start going to the white market because they got cheaper prices because they, they're, they're bigger. They then buy you out. And then guess what? You got to go use your skills that you, that you once used to own your own market to go work at his and be, and be a laborer. And he going to cut your wages and jack up the prices. And I don't want to make this anti-white. Ooh, is that me chasing white acceptance? <laughs> no, nah, it's not anti-white though. But the point is, there there just are some so many difficulties with being black. Uh, just, just imagine being educated at a school like predominantly black teachers, black students, and oh my god, a black curriculum. And I'm not saying an all-black curriculum, no, because you still need to learn history as it happened. But damn it, over there, they ain't, we ain't learn history as it happened. <laughs> Can we be the good guy? Can we be more than just a slave and a 
Oh, we shall overcome. That's how we are. We just slave in the history books. What are we? We just some. We just some slave. A couple of uh, 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 some 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 Harriet Tubman, some Jonah Truth. You know, some folks that escaped. Got some folks with him. A little, a little Frederick Douglass, and then we jumped to Martin Luther King. Ooh, let's give a little uh, 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 George Washington cough in there too. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We got a little George Washington cough in there too. Ain't gonna give us Black Wall Street. No, 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 no. They're not gonna give us that. They're not gonna show how gruesome slavery was. They're not gonna show us how gruesome the the Klan the, the was. They're not gonna show us how gruesome this stuff was. And now we can't talk critical race theory. Well, I mean, it's not really being taught. And honestly, it, it should probably be packaged better because it would be received better if it was packaged better, right? Uh, just so much that we don't know about ourselves. And now that we're finally learning it, we're being told, oh, no, you can't teach that. No, we're taking slavery out of schools. We're going to call it involuntary servitude. Servitude. What? what? We, we can't teach just because it's going to make some of the kids feel bad because their ancestors did. Well, you ever thought about how it made me feel sitting here listening to it? Now, I'm not trying to make the other kids feel bad. No, I mean, it's just history. And that's going to take me into a, a, a topic that we're going to talk about later with some of this senseless censorship. But, man, look here, man. I, I love being black. I love the struggle. I'm optimistic about it. But, damn, it would be nice to start on third base sometimes instead of having to hit a triple when you're down with an 0-2 count, down three runs in the ninth inning with two outs. Oh, well, you're more athletic. You got a better chance in sports. Okay, cool. Who cares? You make it hard for me to coach. You make it hard for me to run a team. You make it hard for me to run an athletic program. You make it hard for me to own one. Oh, well, black people, you're so cool. Yeah, yeah, cool cares if I'm cool. We don't own these nice designers that we be wearing that we be making cool. Look how long it took Gucci man to get a Gucci sponsorship. You don't think he brought the Gucci a lot of money? Rest in peace to Virgil, but look how long it took him to get to where he was doing what he was doing. Look at some of the difficulties that came with that. And then talking about this makes me go back to white acceptance. Well, who said that that's right there's designer? Who said that Gucci's designer? Who said that Louis has to be designer? Who said that uh, 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 Miri has to be designer? Who said that Versace has to be designer? I mean, they said it was designer. They said the price. Well, who cares? What would you want? Make make what you what you wearing cool. And don't get me wrong, I do wear like I mean, I like some certain name brands. I do. I think their shit's cool, and I wear it. Yeah, I'm gonna lie to you, but. Why strive to why strive to, to 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 be something? Like I don't know, I feel like so much of black success is turning its back on black people. You know, like you get there and you be like, oh, bro, y'all, y'all can't, y'all can't get it, boy. Y'all can't shine like me, baby. You know what I mean? Like, okay. 
should we be looking down on each other? Or should we be trying to pick each other up? Again, I'm guilty of some of this stuff now. I am. Y'all hear me talk about the sharecroppers all the time. But I mean, there's some good farmers out here. They're good people, good people, good people. Boy, and if I owned a farm, I'd hire them. But the worst part is trying to explain this to people as they point out the outliers, going back to having to 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 hit triples instead of starting on third base, right? The worst part is when you have when they go, well, look at Barack Obama. So out of all the presidents in the United States, we've had one that's black. Let's see. I think we've had 46 presidents at one in 46. You do that percentage, man. Don't tell me the outliers. Tell me what's more commonplace. Give me the median, you know. Hell, give me the mean. Give me, give me something that is, give me something to strive to be that is much more attainable than being an outlier. Yeah, it's cool to strive to be an outlier, but let's be real. Outliers are outliers because they're outliers. I highly doubt you have somebody saying to some middle class white kid, like, hey, man, you could be Jeff Bezos one day. Not saying that you can't be Jeff Bezos, but like, when you start talking about practical things you can do, oh, yeah, you can go to college. You can learn how to do this. You can be a lawyer. You can be a doctor. You can you can be an accountant. I mean, you can get a trade. Hey, one day you could be Barack Obama. Yeah, one day you can be Jeff Bezos. It's probably not going to happen. You, know, you, know, you, don't, you, don't, you don't like Bezos? Fine. Be Musk. You want to be Musk? Be Gates. You want to be Gates? Be Jobs. See what the hell I'm saying? Talk about outliers. Talk about outliers, man. It's so frustrating. Because, yes, the goals are attainable. But the people that we see so often in my community that people look up to, that's like put in our face, you know, a lot of times by a media machine that we don't control, are the outliers. I want to be LeBron James when I grew up. Are you going to be 6'9", 260 pounds and one of the top 1% of athletes to ever walk the face of this earth? And then have a drive and a passion in the top 1% on the, of people in the face of this earth? No? Okay, shut up. I want to be Jay-Z when I grow up. Are you sure? Are you going to be able to put words together that well? Then are you going to be able to, like, flip them words? Like, he used to flip them birds into various businesses, into a status that, like, makes you more, more and more money? Are you going to have his business acumen? Are you going to have the relationships? Are you going to live the life that he lived in order to understand business in the way that he did? Are you willing to sever ties? Oh, relationship goals. Yes, Beyonce and Jay. Oh, Sierra and Russ. I mean, it looks good. I mean, it sounds good. It's a great thing to strive to, but how practical is that? Have you ever been the best person? At anything in your life. You have it. All right. Let's go to reality. Stop trying to be an outlier. And start trying to be the best you.
And this is not to shit on your dreams. This is not to say that, oh, as black people, we can't be great. No, I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is greatness is amazing. Striving for greatness is great. But here's where you make your money. It's consistency every day. Be a great business owner. Rake in a profit every quarter. Set you up for long-term stability and success. Be the best you that you can be. And then you slowly raise the floor, right? Because I think that's the biggest thing. The ceiling is high. The ceiling is as high as it can be. But the floor is low. And we got to get our floor out of the basement and up to the first floor. Because I've said this for years. Everybody want to be black. But don't nobody want to be a nigga. So let me go to my next topic. Ahmaud Arbery. Let's take some time and celebrate justice. Hopefully I get this right. Yep, nope. <laughs> Let's celebrate justice, man, because justice was served in the trial of Ahmaud Arbery. And I'm happy to hear that. But damn it, man. How many more times are we going to have to go to court for this? How many more times is this going to be a case? How many more times are we going to have our people gunned down in cold blood by vigilantes and then have the audacity to go to court and try to defend it? Talking about the man's toenails, getting upset because uh, members of the black clergy are there trying to, you know, show representation uh, to ensure that the right things are happening in this trial because they forgive us for not trusting the system. But the audacity of those of those of those three men. The audacity of their defense attorney to try to mischaracterize this young man. The audacity of the media for doing the media things. It's just bothersome. But let's get to solutions here, right? Let's get to solutions, man. We need more black representation. We need more black attorneys. We need more black judges. Why? Because some of that stuff just wouldn't be allowed. Uh, we need we need more integrated minds. We need if we're going to live in this integrated society, we all need to have a better understanding of each other's culture. Whereas I think I have a better understanding of the culture of those who may favor the. Uh, face of my hat or the inside of my palm more so than they do of mine because I've had to. I, I, I've had to 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 blend in. <laughs> I've had to blend in in some ways in order to 
survive. Now, they ain't got to blend in to, to my ways to survive because uh, that's life. But if there's a better understanding of the culture, if there's a better understanding of the people, I promise you, you, you become less cold and callous. It's hard to be mean to somebody you know. It's hard to just blatantly hurt somebody that you know. But too often, we don't get to know each other. So here, let's celebrate. Let's celebrate the, the verdict. Let's celebrate that justice was served. But how many more times do we have to mourn the life of an innocent person, an innocent black person losing their life to some vigilantes who seem to mind their own business and not worry about things that don't pertain to them. Speaking of vigilantes, let's get to your boy Kyle Rittenhouse. Oh, Kyle Rittenhouse. Now, because the trials ran around about the same time, a lot of people are trying to put Kyle Rittenhouse and Ahmaud Arbery in the same category. We're not going to do that here. I believed in, I believe in objective, nuanced conversation. I, I believe in telling the truth based on what I've understood and what I've researched. Now, at first glance, I was like, Kyle Rittenhouse, lock him up. Get him out of here. And, and and when he was on trial and the the victims who were killed by him were not allowed to be called victims, I didn't like it. Because no matter what, there's still a victim of the AR-15 that he employed against them. There's still someone's daughter. There's still somebody's son. You know, you know somebody's son. There's still someone's kid. You know, they, they, they belong to somebody. That's someone's friend. But then they threw out the, the weapons, the weapons charge. And there's some controversy around it that ah, he, he couldn't legally possess that weapon. Uh, some say he brought it across state lines. Uh, I did some research, said otherwise that he, uh, he had family. Uh, uh, in the Kenosha area, or like his dad lived there, and that's where he was at. I, I, I can't prove any of this stuff, okay? But, like I said, what I research is he's part of that community. And here I go, here I go, like, you know, beating around the bush, beating around the bush, not getting to my point, because my point is not going to be the one that everybody, the, especially the woke, will like. Uh, it made sense why Kyle Rittenhouse got off. Now, I wasn't shocked even before I really started to do my research. Why? This is America. He's white. Some people start on third base. Some people hit triples, you know, on third base. You shocked when he scores? <laughs> I'm not. 
But I wasn't even bothered even before I did my research. Why? Because I've become so numb to these things. Because, again, if you start off on third base, I'm not shocked when you scored. When you score. But if you're down 0-2 with two outs and the pitchers have the no-hitter and you score a run, I'm, I'm shocked. But ultimately, he defended himself. Now, did he make himself a target? Yeah. He walked outside to a to a protest that could have that was may have had some riot like behavior with a gun on him, with a with an AR on him. That could have invited aggressive behavior. Now I don't know why, because I don't understand people who attack the man with a gun that's dumb. But we can't say that women can wear whatever they want and we're victim shaming when we say, well, she's a stripper or she had on a tight dress or she didn't have on underwear. So that's why the guy did it. We can't call that victim shaming, which it is. It is victim shaming and it's terrible because, you know, aggressor has some control of your of yourself. But we can't call that victim shaming and then turn around and say, oh, well, if you would have never came out there with the gun, it would have never happened. Yes, that is very true. It is true. But if you're carrying a firearm legally and you are attacked, you are well within your rights to use it. And was he underage? Yes. But that gets weird because it may not, it, not his rifle could have been carrying it. Like, man, look, I went hunting underage and it was not illegal. It's like it's not illegal to take a 15-year-old hunting, even if the 15-year-old does not own that firearm, right? Again, it's getting into the gray areas, getting into the minutia. Now, let me tell you, I thought I don't think he should have been out there with that AR. I think that he was asking for that type of I think he was looking for 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 trouble and he found exactly what he was looking for. I think that he went out there on a mission to let his presence be felt and guess what? His presence was felt. But it fell within the 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 lines of the law. Then he goes hang hangs out with uh with former President Trump and it's like, hey dude, you, you can't go hang out with Trump and, and then you say you support Black Lives Matter. Like I'm not saying that you don't. Optically, absolutely terrible idea. Terrible freaking idea, dude. Uh, be, because it paints the picture that you're trolling. Again, you show up to the Black Lives Matter rally without without a weapon. I mean, with a weapon, with an AR-15, and then you take lives. Now, prob I imagine that this probably would have been a lot worse had he killed black people, but he killed white people. So can we really call him a racist? I, I don't know. I I'm not going to call him a racist. I'm just going to say he exercised bad judgment. I'm going to say that his mother exercised bad judgment uh, in allowing him to go out there with that weapon. Nah, bro. Just you just don't do that. 
you know, you don't go looking for trouble because you just might find it. But again, it takes me back to the victim shaming. It takes me back to the Travis, the, the Travis uh, Scott things. At some point, you have to place accountability on the people who act unruly. And if you want to point a weapon at somebody who's also holding a weapon and they shoot you, you threaten their life. If a guy has an AR-15 and you want to hit him with a skateboard and he shoots you, guess what? You threaten his life. If you're going to attack somebody who has an AR-15, you are asking for trouble. The same kind of trouble that this person was asking for by showing up to a Black Lives Matter rally and the height of racial tension in this country in probably the last 50, 50, no, 20 years. And didn't expect anything that, no. Both sides were irresponsible on my, uh, by, by, by my observation. But one side just happens to fall under the law. Now, if you have an issue with the law, that's what you attack. Attack the laws. Attack the raggedy laws. Attack the lawmakers. But you can't attack the people who follow the laws and they do some shit you don't like. That's not how a high-functioning society works. I had a conversation with a good friend today about vigilante justice. And he said he supports, and I go, uh, slippery slope. And he said he'll go ahead, he'll go ahead first into it. Because he said if somebody did something to his kids, he's not waiting on the legal system. And I go, oh, well, that makes sense. Not saying that's what I would do. I, I, I don't have kids, so I don't know what that feels like if somebody does something to your kid. But then I ask myself, what can I do for my kid if I'm behind bars for the rest of my life? Can I provide the support that my kid needs? Again, this is somebody with a, with no kids speaking from a rational brain right now, not an emotional brain. And I didn't knock the point of view. I didn't even engage in, in, in a debate because I go, I, I, I got to sit this one out. I can have a feeling right now from where I sit, but I don't have kids, so I can't... I, I can't say here's what I would do, but also I haven't had something like that happen to my kid to tell that person what I did wouldn't happen, right? And I can't tell somebody how to how to raise their kids. I can't tell somebody how to feel for their kids. I can't tell somebody how to respond when something fucked up happens to their kids. I just try to stand on my fundamental belief of using the systems that are in place and when the systems don't work that's when you break the systems whether you go through the system to change the system or you go through civil unrest you go through protests right i'm not talking about no riding i ain't gonna tell nobody to riot. but i would tell you to, to utilize your first amendment i'm gonna tell you to utilize your your, your votes I'm going to tell you to utilize your money. I'm going to tell you to utilize whatever resources you have in order to gain leverage, in order to influence the decisions around you, to, to influence the laws around you. But attack the right thing. Don't go crazy at Kyle Rittenhouse when Kyle Rittenhouse is maybe only part of the problem. But when the laws are there to protect Kyle Rittenhouse, that's what you go after. 
And be careful what you consume because so often the, 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 the narrative that's painted is not the truth. Not the truth. Consume multiple things. Get, get down to the source. Stop reading the headlines. Read the article. Because after I read, I'm like, ah, oh, man. He defended himself even if he went out looking for trouble, you know. I mean, I saw a guy open carry the other day. Made me totally uncomfortable. And I can still carry. Hey, man, why you got the gun on your hip, bro? You ready? Like, what kind of life are you living? What kind of what, what, what energy on you are you on? What are you looking to do? Trying to bust a move? You know, but and now what? Kyle Rittenhouse just withdrew from online classes at Arizona State because we had some students at Arizona State from like some socialist group who like, get him out of here. For what? Because you don't want him here? Who the hell are you to say who can't go to your school? He doesn't represent our values. So are you going to screen every kid who goes to the school now? Students? If the school allowed him in, if he if he met the the expectations, the the requirements to get into school, what's the problem? Well, he killed those people. Well, he's not guilty, so it's not murder. He legally took the lives from some people. Now, I, I'm not trying to be insensitive to those who died. Thoughts and prayers to their family. R.I.P. to them. But why the hell can't this kid go to college? Next, he's not going to be able to get hired. See, this is what I talk about with canceling cancel culture because we got all of this dumb stuff, this senseless censorship because now can't nobody can do anything that they want to do if you don't like it or if a few loud voices don't like it. There has to be a standard somewhere. There has to be a line somewhere. Just because you scream loud does not mean you scream right. Well, we don't want him in our school. You know how many people I went to college with that I didn't like? Give a damn if they was at the school or not. I'm out of my own business. I hung out with the people that I liked. I considered transferring. Just like you Howard kids. This school is not up to our standards. We'll leave. Stop giving them your money. Well, I just want to be here, and I don't agree with what they're doing here. We'll sub you out. We'll find somebody else to pay. And you go somewhere with that you believe in, where you like every student, where you agree with the admission of every student there. Now, if he was convicted, kick him out. I get it. You don't want that in college. But then again, I say, well, at what point? I mean, damn, are we going to uh, re restrict higher education uh, from those who commit crimes? I mean, hell, if you serve your time, I mean, it's one thing to be a threat on campus, touching people, uh, affecting people. But uh, you online, who are you bothering? This senseless censorship. Like I saw, I, I saw a post today talking about petition going around to to uh, have people stop interviewing Will and Jada, stop watching the interviews, stop consuming it, 
Scroll by it. It's okay. It is okay. You don't have to consume that nonsense if you don't like it. Let me find that post. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Petition online to stop Will and Jada Pinkett from doing interviews. Man, who are you to tell them to stop doing interviews? Just don't consume them. I promise you, if you don't consume them, people will stop interviewing them because they won't get them clicks. They won't get them likes. They won't get them uh, subscriptions. They won't get them. It won't get them impressions. Right? It won't run up their algorithm. But you can't tell people what to do. Our country wasn't built on that. Our country was built on freedom of speech. So now I can't interview this part. I can't interview Wills and Jalen Smith because uh, they're annoying as hell. Don't consume it. Change the channel. And now let's circle back to Chappelle. Let's circle back to Chappelle. Let's talk about the South Park post-quarantine episode. So the, the what I loved about the Chappelle documentary and the Chappelle stand-up special, man. Y'all ain't censoring Dave. In high school, the school he went to, some students were like, he's a bigot. We don't want this building named after him. School's still going to do it. You know why? Because with art, you can't control art. If you don't like the art, don't buy it. If you don't like the song, don't listen to it. If you don't like the joke, don't laugh at it. If you don't like the comedian, don't listen to him and don't go to his show or her show. But don't tell somebody they can't do something if you have the choice not to consume it. Stop trying to censor the things that you don't like. Hey, maybe you should listen to it. Because what they say, diamonds, that pressure must pipe pressure makes diamonds, right? That the process, maybe you need to go through some adversity. Maybe you need to hear some uncomfortable things to help you find yourself. You know, it really sucked the first time that I was told I was selfish and spoiled. It really hurt my feelings. Like, dang, that sucks. When you have a really bad breakout, it really sucks to hear somebody say, oh, man, how about you? Oh, man, you're gaining weight. You know, when there are things in your life that you care about and somebody tells you that you are not doing as well at those things as you should be, it freaking hurts. It does. It's human to hurt. It's okay for it to hurt. But that doesn't mean you should just shut it out. Like, just imagine working on a job and and not performing to your boss's standard, but never being told by your boss that you're not doing the, the job well enough. Just imagine that. Don't you think you become better at your job if you're corrected on the things that you do wrong so you know how to fix them? Or not even just learning how to fix them. You know that you need to fix them. Yeah, that's the thing, man. Stop trying to censor things you don't want to hear. Listen to it, apply it, move on. Listen to it, ignore it, move on. Ignore it, move on. One of the funniest things about the, the Chappelle documentary was, guess what? 
He doubled down on everything that y'all are mad at him about. Because he's like, bro, this is senseless censorship. What are you mad about? This is just senseless. This censorship right here is senseless. Same thing with South Park. I'm a South Park guy. Seen every episode they've ever put out. Most of them, many times. And, and we get this post-pandemic episode, and the biggest thing about it, it's like South Park in the future. Everybody's grown, and you can't even make a joke. You have to make sure that, oh, I can't say that because somebody might be bothered by it. I can't say that because everybody is the same. No, everybody's not the same. Everybody deserves to be treated with respect, but my God, let me say something that's messed up. Let me say something that's disrespectful. Let me say something that that might have some hate behind it. Let me reveal to you who I truly am, because guess what? We live in a a false, you get a false sense of security when everybody's being censored. Because the feelings aren't changing. It's just like, oh, we're going to integrate this school now. We got black kids. We got white kids. We got brown kids. We got, I don't know if I can say yellow kids. You know what I mean? We got, we got Americans. We got African-Americans. We got uh, uh, Latin Americans. We got Asian. We got all races here at the school. Well, we don't like all you races. We only like one race. A false sense of security. Because of senseless censorship. Forced integration with censorship. Oh, let's act like we like these people. You get what I'm saying? It's the same, but it's different. And now, at one point, I thought we were taking the gloves off and we're being honest with ourselves. We're being honest with each other. And everybody was like, race hasn't been worse in America. No, we just hadn't censored it. The censor came off. We had been censored it for a long time. Censor came off. Because we couldn't talk about race forever. Now we can. And you learn how people really feel. But then when you go to Twitter, you don't really learn how people truly feel. I'm talking about in real life when with the race thing. You get to Twitter, you find, you get to on Twitter, and they're like, oh, this violates our, our guidelines. Okay, whatever. You can kick me off of your platform because this is your platform and you're free to do that, but censorship uh uh boozy shouldn't say that about little nothing maybe he should evolve his thinking but why are you stopping him from saying it well it hurts the kids it hurts the little feeling okay what if what you're doing hurts his feelings and i'm not siding with boozy by no means but the fact of the matter is when we start getting into trying to say like to get into the the the, the things that are subjective and try to make objective, uh, a, take an objective approach to subjective behavior, it becomes all a thing of preference. And then we get back to our history books. The people in charge write the history books, and they tell the story they want, the way they want to tell it, and not the way that it needs to be told. <laughs> we last topic, man, last topic. We got to talk about Peter. Peter, Peter. (laughs) 
You think Peter get mad about me using those cricket sounds? Uh, so here's why I want to talk about Peter. Because I saw this this this, this interesting post. <laughs> Peter launches online shop to sell leather made from human skin. Got this from Baller Alert, by the way. People for the ethical treatment of animals just launched a new campaign that is giving serious Texas Chainsaw Massacre vibes. The activist group even created a website that features leather goods made from human parts. Taking aim at clothing companies that use animals to make their products, the group launched a website for a fake store called Urban Outrage. The realistic website has everything from jackets, belts, loafers, and dresses, all made of human skin. As real as the site looks, fortunately, you can't actually order anything. You can click on each item, which is named for the human the leather was made from. Each item gets... Yo, these motherfuckers are weird. I'm sorry, bro. These motherfuckers are weird. Like, I, I didn't even think I was going to talk like that on this. But, these, but this, yo, this Peter shit's fucking weird, dude. Like, who get... If you're not into leather, don't buy it. Don't wear it. Problem solved. If you think other people shouldn't buy it or shouldn't wear it, tell them one time. Tell them two times. If they don't listen, fuck it. Get over it. You understand what I'm saying? It's crazy. What are they going to do next? They're going to start feeding people to animals? Like, like this idea that humans and animals are the same. No, we're not. We're different. Because for one, we're... We but also, there's this thing called a food chain. Food chain. Food chain. Food chain. Now, maybe you don't believe in the food chain. Because we don't believe in anything anymore. There's no such thing as truth. There's what I believe. There's my thoughts, and that's the... That, that's my truth. No such thing as the truth, just my truth. So maybe in your truth, there's no such thing as the food chain, but guess what? There's a food chain. Predator prey. We're predators. Top predators. Most advanced predators. I don't see no rats making computers. I don't see no tiger uh, doing experiments on human beings to, 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 to figure out some type of medicine. You, you, you see what I'm getting at here? So this idea that there's not a hierarchy between humans and animals is dumb. Now, do I believe in fake big game hunts? No. Do I, do I believe in hunting for sport? No, not really. I think if you're going to hunt it, you should eat it. If you're going to fish it, you should eat it. Do I think the way that we, the, the, the meat industry is disgusting? Yes. Absolutely. I, I think there are some, we could treat animals better. I do. But man, fake human leather, pleather, get out of here. That faux leather, that funky, the funky, get out of here, Peter. But we have to feed you to the sharks. Y'all wanna y'all wanna make human leather and start feeding people to the start feeding people to the to the animals, huh? Y'all wanna feed people to the animals, Peter? 
you would you like to sacrifice yourself first? <laughs> That's a joke, but I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if I mean, because you don't build that whole website if you don't really think that's an idea worth living. Uh, you know, uh, maybe they're g- g- searching for animal acceptance. You know, maybe they hate themselves. You know, but but, but but what do I know? I'm just a big. I'm just kidding. I'm just a big baby, and I'm out.